27 Tishrei, Chaf Zayin Tishrei. Tzadik, his life, 29, 132. On his way to the Holy Land, the Rebbe traveled through Nikolaev and Kherson to get to Odessa. He spent Shavuot in Kherson, and there he gave a number of outstanding lessons, including one on the verse, He calmed the storm, Psalms 107.29. The lesson is not extant. There were a number of followers of Rabbi Shneir Zalman of Liadi in the town. They brought some of his teachings for the Rebbe to see. The Rebbe took issue with Rabbi Zalman's teachings and showed his followers that what he said was not correct. On the first night of Shavuot, the Rebbe stayed up to learn as is customary. Then he went to the mikvah together with one of his followers. The man who went with him to the mikvah on this occasion told me that as they were making their way to the mikvah, the Rebbe kept asking him if he could hear sounds. He replied that he could hear nothing at all. The Rebbe was amazed that he could not hear, and said, How is it possible not to hear sounds at a moment like this? Then the Rebbe said, Perhaps it is the sound of the orchestra I hear. The man answered that he could hear no sounds of an orchestra, or indeed of anything else, and he was very surprised indeed. The man realized that the Rebbe was hearing the thunder and lightning of the giving of the Torah. Exodus 19.16 and 20.15 Afterward, when the Rebbe came out of the mikvah, he said, Now at the moment of the giving of the Torah, I understand what we find in the Holy Zohar about how there is awe and there is awe. Tikkun Zohar 30.73b Now I know that there is yet another kind of awe, even more elevated than the supernal awe mentioned there. For now I know about the awe of godliness. This awe and fear is exalted and powerful in the extreme. Rabbi Nachman's wisdom, his pilgrimage, 9. They got the idea that the Rebbe was a government agent on his way to make trouble for the great leader Rabbi Avraham Kalisker. They imagined that he had been sent by a number of groups who were opposing Rabbi Avraham. They stubbornly clung to this mistaken idea causing much conflict between themselves and the Rebbe. They began questioning the Rebbe's companion. Is he carrying a letter? The attendant replied that he was not. Then why is he going to the Holy Land? The attendant replied that he did not know. They decided not to rely on the attendant anymore, feeling that he was trying to mislead them. They told him, Even though we knew you to be an honorable man, we have grave doubts that you have retained your integrity. Not realizing that they were referring to the mysterious stranger, they asked the attendant, Have you asked your master, Rabbi Nachman of Medvedevka, if you should travel with this man? He answered that he had. But by this time, they no longer believed anything, he said. They had already made up their minds that the Rebbe was a schemer, going to cause trouble in the Holy Land. They went to the Rebbe himself, questioning him about his identity, his home, and his family. But the Rebbe stood firm and would not reveal a thing. They used every possible ruse, trying to discover some clue as to his identity. He understood their game and answered their questions in such a way that they could determine absolutely nothing. He bewildered them completely, twisting and confusing their questions until their only conclusion was that they knew nothing at all. The Aleph Bet Book, Eating, B. 13. Lechu lachmu velachmi ushtu biyein masachti. Come eat of my bread, and drink of the wine that I have mixed. Proverbs nine five. The first letters of lechu lachmu velachmi ushtu 
spell lulav. Biyain, with its four letters, has a numerical value, 76, equivalent to that of the first letters of Etrog, Hadas, and Arava. And Masachti is similar to Sukkot. By fulfilling the mitzvot of the four species and Sukkah, a person is rewarded with food, drink, clothing, and a revived spirit. Through the mitzvah of Sukkah, he merits clothing, as in, when I made a cloud its garment, Job 38.9. By virtue of the willow branch, he merits sufficient drink. Through the myrtle branch, he brings vitality to the soul. And through the palm tree and the citron tree, both of which bear edible fruit, he merits having enough to eat. 14. One's food and drink come from observing the Torah's statutes and laws. 15. Drinking rouses a person to sing and play musical instruments, whereas eating does not. This is because in the wilderness the Jewish people sang the praise of God over the well, but not over the manna. Kitzer Likutei Moharan 1, Lesson number 11. 6. The bitterness experienced in the struggle to make a living primarily results from blemishing one's sexual purity. For a person who guards himself in this area, even though he engages in the 39 types of forbidden labor and in trade, his labor is on the level of the 39 types of labor performed in the construction of the tabernacle, and it is like a dew of lights. Isaiah 26.19 The Hebrew word for dew, tal, has the numerical value of 39. Dew also connotes the idea of livelihood, since the sustenance of the Jews in the desert came in the form of manna, which fell in the morning with the dew, as in Numbers 11.9. On the other hand, one who blemishes his sexual purity is pursued by poverty. He draws on himself the yoke of earning a living with great struggle and bitterness, and his livelihood is like the 39 lashes, Makot 22a. May God save us. 7. Guarding one's sexual purity has two levels. First, there is the person whose marital relations are also on weekdays. See Shulchan Aruch Orachayim 241 but who nevertheless guards his sexual purity in accordance with the laws of the Torah. This person's marital relations are in the realm of the permitted, and this too is called guarding one's sexual purity, provided that he keeps himself from transgression. May God save us. Such a person must guard himself with great vigilance in this area. This first level of guarding one's sexual purity is called the lower unification, and through it, one merits to grasp the legal areas of the Torah, which are referred to as secrets. There is a second type of person, however, whose marital relations are exclusively on Shabbat. This person is in the aspect of the upper unification, and by means of this, he also grasps the Kabbalah, the mystical inner side of the Torah, which is referred to as secrets of secrets. Isaiah 24.16 even a person whose marital relations are exclusively on Shabbat must be extremely careful to conduct himself with holiness so that he may be counted among those who guard their sexual purity. As for the small people whose marital relations are also on weekdays, certainly they need to be even more careful that they do not blemish their sexual purity, God forbid, and that at least they do not transgress the laws of the Torah in this area, God forbid. When a person guards his sexual purity on these two levels, the honor of God is complete, 
and he merits all the aforementioned attributes and attainments until he attains profound levels of understanding in the Torah. 8. There exists a humility whose end is actually conceit. Specifically, this refers to a person who is humble because he knows that pride is a most despicable trait. Therefore, he acts humbly in order to be honored and respected. In effect, he is humble in order to gain status and honor. Therefore, a person must monitor his own behavior very carefully and distance himself to the utmost from pride by going to the opposite extreme. As our sages said, be exceedingly humble of spirit. Avot 4.4 For pride corresponds to the seven houses of idolatry on account of which the Jewish people were exiled from their land. What is more, the reason we have not yet returned to our land is because people pursue honor due to their own pride and conceit. May God save us. Rabbi Nachman's stories, The King and the Emperor If the physician would do this, he would be their king. They would then kill their elderly king. The royal ministers wanted this very much, but they found it impossible to say anything to the queen about marrying the physician. The queen also thought that it would be very good to marry the physician, but she was afraid that the nation would not want him as their king. The royal ministers decided to make a drinking party, so that when everyone was joyous at the party, they would be able to speak of the match. Each minister made a party on his day. When the day came for the physician, who was actually the emperor's daughter, to give his party, he gave them some of his special wine. When they were drunk and in a good mood, the ministers declared that it would be nice if the queen would marry the physician. The physician said that it would be very nice, but only if it would be declared without a drunken mouth, when everyone was not drunk. The queen spoke up and said, How nice it would be to marry the physician, but the nation will have to agree to it. The emperor's daughter replied, It would be very nice, but only if they would say it without a drunken mouth. When the ministers recovered from their drunkenness, they remembered what they had said, and they were ashamed to face the queen because they had made such a statement. The queen, however, had made a similar declaration, and she was also ashamed to face them. Nevertheless, they had proposed this first. They began to discuss this, and agreed that she should marry the physician, that is, the emperor's daughter, whom they still thought to be a physician. Restore my soul. Likutei Halachot 4. Every moment of the day we are racked by confusion, desires, corrupt and bizarre thoughts, and worse troubles. They trouble us in all ways, never more than we are, when we are trying to pray. To withstand it all, you must be slow to anger. This is really an aspect of faith. You must have perfect faith in God, in the true tzaddikim, and in the righteous ones. Serve God with determination, and let nothing throw you or upset you or make you lose your temper. It is the evil one who wants to weaken you and insinuate his way into your mind to persuade you that there is no hope. Pay no attention. Steal yourself in your resolve. Despair is totally ruled out. You may have fallen countless times. Perhaps you gave up hope long ago. But you can still strengthen yourself now and begin completely afresh. Don't fall for the old age mentality of the forces of the other side. Every fall in the world comes from this old age mentality. A person thinks that he has already grown old in his sins. 
He feels they have become such a habit that they are second nature now and there is no way you can escape from them. It isn't true. Every day, every hour, and every moment, man has the strength to review and revive himself and to become a totally new creation. God makes new creations every day. No one moment is like any other. Strengthen yourself and make a completely new beginning. Even on the very same day, you may have to start again several times. Whatever happened in the past, forget it completely. Keep your thoughts directed to God. Begin anew as from now. This is the meaning of being slow to anger. You need to have endless patience to endure all the confusions and the obstacles, to let nothing distract you or make you lose your temper. Whatever happens to you, with all your might, make God your strength. For God is filled with love at every moment. The fountain of His kindness is never exhausted. Lekutei Halachot, Tefillin, 5-6. Nussin's Letters, Year 1, Letter Number 17. I am really terribly busy. It was only your strong and sincere desire that compelled me to write you a few brief yet potent lines. That is enough for now. Make sure to always be full of joy. Don't allow sadness anywhere near you. You already have many practical suggestions and strategies to help you achieve this. The most basic are being happy that he did not make me a heathen, and through silliness and joking. I don't intend to elaborate. I just wanted to mention a few critical points. You can fill in for yourself, since we have spoken about this many times, and since it is explained frequently in the Rebbe's holy books. The words of your true and eternal friend, hoping to see you happy soon. Nasan, the son of Rebbe Naftali Hertz, may his light shine, of Breslov. Greetings to my dear and beloved friend, Reb Tzvi Hirsch, may his light shine. All of the above is also addressed to you and to all of our comrades. There is no need to write them a second time. Peace be yours, and may you delight in abundant peace, truly and eternally, as both you and those who love you desire. I look forward to seeing you this Rosh Hashanah in Uman. May you come in gladness. Then it will be well with you in this world and the next. Greetings and salvation to my family and friends. Nussan, the same. My beloved friend, I have heard from Reb Gershon that Rebbeir of Lipovitz is in possession of certain of the Rebbe's manuscripts. Please see to it that you get them from him and send them to me immediately. He is well aware that all of the manuscripts are mine and that I receive them directly from the Rebbe. Everyone knows as well that no one besides me was given any of the holy manuscripts. I need them very much for my work on the Rebbe's books, and he will be contributing something of great value and benefit to the community. The manuscripts are of no use to him at all, so it is incumbent on him to send them to me right away. In return, I will provide him with a number of things which he can use, among them the prayers, which have already been printed, along with some prayers which are still in manuscript form. Please, you must not change what I say, for they are really mine, and he is holding them against my will. Even if he did not receive them directly from me, wherever he got them, they are still mine. I gave them to various comrades of ours, and somehow they ended up with him. I never gave them to anyone except to copy and return right away. He has no use for them at all, and I need them for many reasons. He is therefore obligated to give them back to me at once. I have faith in him that he will fulfill my words, 
and thus he will be doing a service to the community for generations to come. His reward will be greater than if he retains them in his possession. He will be holding seized and stolen property, God forbid. No more need to be said to an honest man and faithful friend like him. The words of your true friend, Nussan, the same. Rabbi Nussan's letters, year two. Letter number 247. With God's help, Sunday, Kitavo, 5597. Nemerov. Greetings to my dear beloved son, the learned Rabbi Yitzchak. May his light shine. I received your letter just now. Thank God Rabbi Sral from Lipovec was here last Shabbat. And there were four or five other guests as well. Thank God I spoke words of truth about the lesson when you go out to war. Lukuti Moharan 2, Lesson 82. On the subject of in order and out of order. You too certainly need these words very much. Because everything that is happening to you, which conflicts with your will, is all that this teaching calls out of order. The path of teshuva, repentance, which is affected in the month of Elul, is the rectification for this. The essence of this path is to know and believe that God is in every place and at every level, even at the ten crowns of impurity, as expressed in the verse, If I ascend to heaven, there you are. If I go down to hell, you are here. Psalms 139.8 this is explained at the end of that same lesson in the Kutei Moharan. Look it up. The key is to nullify oneself, as in, Ma, what? As in, what are we? What are our lives? What is our power? From the morning liturgy. Thank God. I spoke some original words of truth about this. May God allow me to write them down. Because of your love and desire, I have written to you that which I spoke about. Perhaps you will glean some practical advice from it, too. For all the Rebbe's words are deeper than the sea, and they are full of advice for every person, on every level, at any time. Just strengthen and fortify yourself, and be determined to really be happy. Shemot HaTzadikim Avdan, that is Abayudan, Rabbi Avahu, Rabbi Avahu Mibavel, Rabbi Avahu Ben Zutarti, Rabbi Avahu Parader of Bibi, Rabbi Avahu, father of Rav Shmuel. Rabbi Avahu Bar Acha. Avahu, bereder of Geneva. Avuha, father of Rabbi Bar Avahu. Avuha Bar Ihi. Avuha, father of Mari Bar Oven. Bar Kifuk. Rabbi Avoy Sava, that is Rav Avia. Avuya, father of Elisha, Acher, Avia, Rav Ada, his son, Avuvram, Avuna Safra, Rabbi Avuna Bar Sechora, Avtalion, Avtulmas, Avtulas Bar Avtulmas, Avtulas Ben Reuven, Rabbi Avtulas Bar Rabbi Yosef Ben Chalafta, Rabbi Avtulas, Avion, father of Rabbi Yehoshua, Avitul Safra, Abaya Kashisha, Abaya Bar Oven, Abaya Bar Abba, Abaya Bereda Rabbi Avuha, Abaya Bar Rabbi Binyamin, Rabbi Abaya, Abaya HaKohen Ben Kalil, that is Nachmani, that is Abaya Stam, comrade of Rava. Rav Nassim's prayers, one, prayer number 14. Hashem, our God, and God of our fathers, 
May it be your will to completely remove all pride from me. Don't let even the slightest hint of pride or arrogance enter my heart. Bring me to genuinely understand my own lowliness, and let me nullify myself to the point where I will look at myself as being even less significant than I really am. Please, Hashem, loving God, help me not be pushed off course by foolish and deceptive thoughts of pride and arrogance. My situation is bad enough as it is. I'm under so much pressure. I feel so remote from you. My inner pain has grown unbearable. I've been suffering for so long. I look around, but I have no one to help or support me. I feel desolate. My only hope is to call out to you constantly and wait for you to have pity on me and help me. If I allow myself to be swayed by foolish thoughts of pride or arrogance, there won't be any hope for me at all, God forbid. What personal merit do I have to rely on? I've been so foolish in my life. I'm so devoid of good. I have sinned and transgressed in my thoughts, words, and deeds, intentionally and unintentionally, ever since my earliest days. Please, Hashem, have pity on my poor soul. Help me, help me, save me, save me. I don't know what to ask for first. I have so many needs, but I don't have the patience to set them all out in detail. I find it impossible to specify all the countless things I need to ask of you. I've fallen very low. I cannot begin to estimate how much damage I have done to my soul and how I have degraded my own holiness. I have no rest from the forces hounding me. Evil thoughts and feelings are waiting to trap me all the time. They chase me every moment of every day. My sins have sapped my strength and I have no idea what to do to resist them. Please, Hashem, Show me how to cry out to you. Teach me how to plead to you with all my heart, so as to succeed in my request and persuade you to bring me back to you in perfect teshuva and achieve everything you want for me. Let me never turn aside from your will and your mitzvot. Help me break all pride and arrogance completely and totally remove them from my life. Let me never succumb to the least hint of arrogance about any of the things people tend to be proud about, wisdom and good deeds, wealth, or power. Let me be genuinely humble and modest about whatever I may possess, and void myself of all arrogance. In any case, don't I know that I am empty and lacking in all these areas? For I am a brute, not a man, and I do not have human understanding in me. I have no strength or power, physical, mental, or spiritual. My house is bare of riches. I possess neither wisdom nor strength or physical wealth or the spiritual wealth of good deeds. Considering my pitifully low level and my extreme distance from you, I really shouldn't need to pray about ridding myself of arrogance at all. But you know the evil of our hearts and the strange ideas we let into our minds. Despite my distance from you, I still indulge in ridiculous ideas about my own importance. So much so that it has become a war on every front. Pride and arrogance attack me on every side, preventing me from turning to you, as you know, Hashem, my God and God of my fathers. Even so, I live in constant hope that you will help me. I know that your love is unending. You examine the innermost depths of the heart, and you know our most hidden secrets. You know that deep within my heart I yearn to tr come truly close to you and genuinely carry out your will without any false motives. For your sake, take pity on me, Heavenly Father, Master of all, 
Grant that I should be able to remove all my pride and come to true humility. Let me act humbly in all my dealings with people, with the great, with ordinary people, and even with the small and the smallest of the small. The fact is that my many sins have made me smaller than even the smallest of the small. Let me know and feel my lowliness in every single limb of my body until I come to see myself as being even smaller and humbler than I really am, and I will attain the ultimate level of true meekness. Please, Hashem, I know that my words are halting and confused. I have no idea how to order my prayer before you. Still, I base myself on the fact that you listen to all prayers. Kind and loving God, take pity on me and help me live the way you want me to live from now on and forever and bring me to attain true humility.